Tan Talk Network, and glad you're with us tonight. Dr. Angel Falzoni right here, along with me, Mama Mac. And it's kind of interesting. We just finished a series on codependency, right? Yes, we did. And uh, for those that maybe missed that, why should they go back and listen to it? And what is codependency anyway? And that will kind of be a lead-in to where we're going tonight. Sure. Well, codependency is that dynamic that we have in which we are being dependent on another person in our life, that our life is commingled in with them. So our happiness, our contentment, our self-esteem, a lot of that is based in another relationship or person. Okay. And what's wrong with that? Yeah. Well, what's wrong with that is a lot of things. First, it's not a healthy relationship style, and it robs us from enjoying that go-yard life, from enjoying life to its fullest. Okay, how does it do that? Well, we, we aren't a- able to experience deep, meaningful, healthy relationships. So our emotions are kind of on this roller coaster of when this other person is happy or pleased with us, then we feel good about us. But when they're not, we feel like we're terrible. Um, a lot of times we get stuck into that people pleasing with codependency. Sure, absolutely. Um, we're just very um, undefined as a, as a person. So our life revolves around someone else. Someone else, yes. And because of that, then we can't really work on ourselves very much. No. And we can't even really see ourselves. Like a lot of our focus, time, and effort, energy goes into this relationship in which we're codependent with. And again, I want to ask you, what's wrong with that? It just takes so much away from us. Like right. we are not going to grow as an individual. We're not going to experience our fullness, our best. We're not going to feel content. Um, we're it's pretty miserable dynamic. Well, and we we explored it for like three weeks. So if any of you missed that series, it's uh, it's on YouTube. You can go there and go to Tan Talk Radio slash Go Yard and find that series on codependency. Um, but it goes right into what we want to talk to, about tonight because when we are constantly um, obsessed or preoccupied with meeting someone else's needs, we are not taking care of our own issues, whatever those might be, right? Absolutely. And oftentimes, you know, we will neglect ourselves in lieu of in other what people. Way? In what way would we neglect ourselves? Oh, goodness. Wow. Let me start a list here. Um, okay. <laughs> start a list. So okay. individuals who may like have codependency, like they, we don't, when we are in codependency, we don't want people to not like us. So okay. we will deny maybe um, going to our, a, a restaurant we enjoy or eating a food we enjoy. We'll let the other person always pick. We, um, we just time that our money or energy that we have for taking care of our bills or our house if someone else is in need we'll give it to them and then we're not taking care of our own stuff exactly and so yes. we might you know get evicted like at a levels and this happens all the time so extreme uh codependency is what i well or maybe it's just normal codependency what you just described because that is pretty serious when a person constantly focus on somebody else and trying to please them and doesn't take care of their own responsibilities, right? Absolutely. And so when we're stuck in that dynamic, you know, our happiness, our who we are, everything is defined within that relationship. And relationships are not a steady place to have all that resting for us. And don't you think there's a lot of people that get into relationships, especially after a breakup or a divorce or whatever, where they are so maybe they've been deeply hurt in that first relationship. Maybe the partner, you know, cheated on them or whatever the case may be, didn't work out. And they're so damaged and hurt by that. They don't take a second 
and work on themselves. And I don't mean a second. Yeah. Right? Because in AA, they say you should not be in a relationship for at least a year after you have broken up, got divorced, whatever the case may be. Why do they say that? Well, because A, you need time to heal. Any right. loss of relationship, it doesn't matter if it's romantic, friendship, family, whatever. It, there's a grieving process yes, that happens. There is. Um, but then we also have to reflect in what happened with that relationship. What went wrong? What did I contribute to that? How do I do it different next time or better next time? But don't you think most people just bounce right into the very next fix? They do. And Mo- so, I mean, I, am I correct in no, saying you're most right. people? Most am people I wrong do. with that? They do. Um, a lot of times they don't even let the ink dry on the divorce papers and they're already in another relationship. And the problem with that is we didn't heal in that process. So right. we have yes. this grief that hasn't happened. Right. Um, second of all, we're usually blaming and put all the responsibility on the other party. They were a horrible person. They never, you know, whatever. And that's why it didn't work out. And we find somebody else that's exactly the same of what we just walked out of. And why is that? Because that is a human tendency. It sure if is. you were married or were involved with an abuser to find that same type of person again. Right. Just a different name. Like it's at the core, it's the same dynamics. A, they're the relationship dynamics you're used to and you're comfortable with. And so you think you're getting something different, but you're not. But people that fall into this trap, generally speaking, will say to you, oh, no, no, I, oh, my ex was horrible or my whatever it was. And and I'm, oh, I don't want that again. No, no, no. So are they consciously aware that they fall back right into the same mess again? Or are they happily oblivious? So, no, they are not conscious of it. I think they're happily oblivious because it's a different person and they're connected. So they feel loved and valued and part of somebody's life. But once, like, the good feelings start to wear off, they're finding that they're going to have a lot of the same struggles and problems. They just may look a little differently the way they manifest, but at the core, they're the same stuff. Okay, so let's go back to this before we go kind of get into this topic tonight, which is taking responsibility. That's our topic. Uh, Don't you think a lot of times that people, when they get divorced or they've been widowed, you know, know, or a, a death of a spouse, whatever, the shock of it, a lot of times, if it's not expected, propels them into being extremely needy to have somebody fill the void of what they've just gone through. Oh, sure. A lot of times there's this huge, that's why we have to grieve the loss, because it's a loss. And that grief, that empty relationship that is now gone, whatever kind, it doesn't have to be romantic. We have that void for that, and we we want to get more clingy. We struggle with trusting more, no matter what kind of relationship. We need these needs met, and we're almost like these sucker fish attaching ourselves to someone else. Oh, and I've seen this through the years with people in counseling, whatever. Mm-hmm. I know you have, too. Uh, but these people that need to grieve would say to you, uh, no, I don't need to grieve anything. That was a horrible marriage. I wanted out. I got out, and I'm not sad. I'm happy. What's your response to that, Doctor Angel? Well, my response because I've heard that many times. Me through too. The years, Me right? too. Or I I grieved it while I was in it. Oh I yeah, heard that one I too. grieved it when I was in it. Yeah. Uh, no. Is that possible? No, it's not. <laughs> Why is that not possible? You can't grieve something that's still you're a part of like that just is not how grief works like we still are a part of that relationship and so we might have grieved a loss of a piece of that relationship but that relationship was still intact until it's not and so grieving process happens when we go through the range of all kinds of emotions we look at how did that impact me we look at what do i want in my future what do i not want like we start critically analyzing those relationships. Okay, I'm going to pick your brain a little further with that. Okay. The person that says, I don't need to do that. I know exactly what was wrong with that relationship. I'm moving on and I found something fantastic. I don't care that it's only been a week and a half since my divorce paper was final or whatever. I don't care because I have found the love of my life and I have heard this so many times with people and why? So I want you to make a case, Dr. Angel. I'm really going to pick on you tonight. Why is grieving important? What 
really is it? How do you do it? How do you recognize that you need it? Sure. So first of all, well, you got all that. You absorbed all that. No, I probably missed half of it, but I'm going to go back and address (laughs) as much as I can. Just try. So when people go right bounce into the next relationship full force, whatever that is, what's happening is, first of all, they're not ready for it. They don't even know what they're needing. They don't know what they want because they're once we've been in a relationship and if it's been unhealthy, like or even if it was healthy, that person's still gone. And that they're not a part of us. We had a contribution into that relationship, positive or negative, we had our contributions. And so if we just find this next shiny thing and go for that, what's gonna happen is we're gonna be miserable just further down the road again, and now they're gonna be at fault again. And so we're gonna continue this blame shifting on, it's always the other person, that these are just horrible people and they they look so good on the outside and now they're horrible again. But they're again. awful, yeah. And well, then my question is why are you continuing to be magnetized to these horrible people? Magnetized. They kind of I are. Like they just that. kind of like a magnet. They just go whoosh, right yeah, up to them and right. it's the next thing just this Doesn't it go back to our series on codependency? It really does. And so this I mean, personal really. so the grieving process happens no matter how any relationship ends, there's a grief and a loss. It's a okay, loss. Okay. Why does it have to Why do you have to have grief? Why? Well, those are the, that's the emotions that are tied to this relationship no longer being intact the way it was. And so we had an intimacy if it was sharing details of our life or sharing companionship. But there, there were intimacies or there were a lot of pieces that are, were there and now they're gone. And now we kind of have to feel those feelings. There's going to be, you know, maybe you are happy in the beginning, but there's there everything's not always terrible so there there's gonna be some happy memories in the past right right so you're gonna feel the sadness and you're gonna feel the loneliness that's usually the the first one that really starts kicking in which is why the magnets start going straight out exactly i'm just gonna say isn't that what why the magnet works because suddenly people that have been married 20 30 years and they're suddenly alone Right, maybe for the first time in their and adult life. It very well could be. Maybe kids are all grown and whatever, and suddenly I've got to find somebody. I can't be alone like this. I, this just drives me crazy. That's the kind of stuff they say. Sure. And, and feel. And feel. And that, that loneliness, I mean, especially if you're losing a relationship with somebody that you had in your house that you lived with, like that loneliness just, it, it feels very um, overwhelming at times. So there, there's getting to know yourself again right. because maybe you hid part of yourself for that relationship or denied part of yourself for that relationship or maybe you let people treat you in a way that you don't want to be treated and so we got to learn how to do that differently so that right. we walk differently into something healthy in our future so i want to get back to the grieving point in a minute but it sounds to me like you're saying there must be time for reflection Mm-hmm. and meditation, perhaps counseling with somebody you trust, mm-hmm. and really pouring out some of your feelings, some of the things that you're struggling with right now since the loss of this relationship, whatever, instead of just burying it in the sand and thinking it's all gone, it's passed because it's divorce papers, so it's gone. Right, or whatever, right. So it's gone, oh, that's behind me, I can just move forward. No, there's still gonna be, there's memories, there's things you're tied to with that person that they're gonna come up, like when a restaurant maybe, or a vacation spot, or a hangout spot, like we're gonna have that sadness. We might feel anger that that relationship is gone. Even if we wanted it to be gone, those feelings come through that process of healing. And so we have to experience them so that we can leave them where they go. Otherwise, we just keep bringing them with okay, us. Okay, exactly. We've all seen romantic comedies where somebody gets divorced and because the husband, let's say, let's just say for instance, is cheating on the secretary or whatever, with the secretary, whatever. And so they run into each other or the wife starts getting vindictive and mean and sabotaging the new relationship and ex-wife, whatever. Uh these are all normal behaviors, aren't they? We see it in movies. We do see it in movies, and, and it does happen in, in real life. And there's, you know, even if we're the person who wanted the relationship to end, there's still a loss of relationship for yes. us. This was a relationship at one time that we had hoped for, that we enjoyed, that we wanted to be a part of our life, and it is no longer a part of our life. So it comes this 
comes with sadness, yes. disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes anger. Anger, a lot so, of anger, I think. Sometimes it's shame, especially if we're talking about a divorce. There are people who feel very shamed by getting a divorce. Right. Um, or stigma attached to that in their faith group or their social circles. Like, So there's a lot of feelings that go through when we lose any type of relationship. Discuss anger about that. Sure. I mean, it can be anger of I'm losing the dream I thought I was going to have with this person. It could Mm -hmm. be anger about the way I was treated in that relationship. It could be anger about how the breakup happened or the relationship, you know, breakup has gone through uh, or the hurts that are going on um, or the anger that maybe the other person has moved on and has a new best friend or a new relationship or whatever it is. And you're not a part of that anymore. And that sadness starts to that anger and sadness really Mm -hmm. can. Well, it's rejection, right? Sure. And I think a lot of times that rejection manifests itself in I got to get rid of this pain. I've got this pain of rejection. It's 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 awful. I feel can't believe that he left me for so and so or whatever the case may be. And so because I'm feeling this rejection, I've got to fill the void. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where. We need to stop back, and I think that's really where we segue into what we're talking yes, about, that personal do. responsibility, because we have personal responsibilities that we need to take in our life. Yeah. And when we're talking about, like, the loss of a relationship, part of that personal responsibility is reflecting yes. and learning from that experience, positive and negative Um, learning how I could be a better person in my next friendship or romantic relationship or whatever it is, learning how I can treat others different and how what I want, what boundaries I want to put into my life or not have in my life, whatever it is, we need to to feel the feelings, but then we need to learn and grow. So the learn and grow part is so hard for a lot of people. Because it has to, in the process, they have to admit they had a part in whatever. Absolutely. And right? we always It's have. not, like you said a minute ago, the example of the person who says it's all him, it's all him. He did it. It was all his fault, blah, blah, or hers. Mm-hmm. Right, right? It's it's really, that that comes to what we're talking about tonight. People saying, yeah, I had a part in that failure of the Absolutely. marriage. Absolutely. But that right there is what I found in counseling people as a pastor for years. That's very hard for most people. They're very they can talk profusely for uh, for an hour about what was done to them. But they have a very hard time talking about how they contributed to that. Well, and because if I have to sit back and say what I contributed here to this failed whatever relationship, then you know, we're bringing up, that's stirring up some negative feelings inside of us. And we have contributed if it was allowing a person to treat us a way we don't deserve to be treated. That, you know, we had a role in that. Um, we have roles and whatever happens with that. And a lot of people don't want to look at themselves in the mirror. They want to be able to shift the blame. This is a bad person. They treated me horrible and they just need to go. And they're crazy. And and yeah, they're. I can't tell you how many oh, times. Oh, they're just crazy. Oh, I have five, you know, five ex-wives and they're just all crazy. Okay, so what about you is attracted to this crazy, in air quotes, person? <laughs> well, exactly. Okay, so isn't that a red flag? We've done series on red flag blindness. But isn't that a red flag if you start to date somebody who's been married four or five times? Uh, yeah, I think or that's Or even three? I, I, I hear mean, you. I mean, seriously, two, a lot of times, you know, somebody dies or something happens. But three, four, five, six, seven... And it, well, and it's a really big red flag if they're if they're telling you the reason why they all failed was because of their person's fault. Exactly, and they that's what most people will say. Oh, absolutely. And that is why we're starting this little series, however long, maybe one or two sessions, about taking the responsibility for our own actions and for ourselves and for our own growth and for our own healing. Like there's so much in that that we have power over but we're not taking the power over but it goes back to people wanting to bury their head in the sand so to speak Mm -hmm. when it comes to their part in their own unhappiness oh absolutely. did you follow all that yeah because 
if I had You a, just looked at me rather blankly. I know I did. But if, <laughs> you know, to say I have a role in my unhappiness, like that's huge, right? Right. That brings up like negative feelings about myself and we don't want to see yeah, ourselves in no, that negative way. We don't light. want to think about that. We want to think that oh we have it all together or we're the perfect person to be in relationship with right. or partnership with or whatever it is. And there's no such thing as the perfect person. No, there's not. We make mistakes every day of our lives. Uh, okay, so I'm going to bring this point before we get to the break here. I think a lot of times when there's been a breakup, let's say marriage or whatever you want to call it, relationship that went on for a long time. And so then you have your family members and that other person's family members, right? Mm -hmm. And as the breakup begins to intensify and let's say it ends in divorce, it's this camp against this camp, generally speaking. Sure Correct? Is. Yes. And and what happens is that so often people try to persuade the people in their camp or their tribe or their family, whatever you want to call it, that they didn't have any part in this. It was all the other guy. It right. Was... They vil we vilify the other person. They're evil. They're the wrong one. And so it's taking sides. And then when somebody's not, you know, taking sides with us, we feel hurt and angry and betrayed. And how, how could they still talk to that other person right. after what they did to me? And so there's a lot of feelings and all that, right? That's part of the game. Haven't you seen that? I've seen that for years in, in uh, relationships that break up. Mm -hmm. And so there is that attempt to try to convince those family members or whatever that I didn't do anything wrong. This was done to me. Right. So we should all be angry. At that person. And at that how person. How dare you not be angry how at them? How dare you even say anything good about your ex-son-in-law? Right. Well, let's go to break. We got a whole lot more to talk about. If you want to call in, you can do that. 727-441-3000. We'd love to hear from you. Give us an example or ask a question, and we'll be right back on Go Yard. This is the Tantalk Radio Network. Dr. Angel Falzoni specializes in a variety of therapeutic areas including trauma, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, stress management, self-esteem, interpersonal relationships, ADHD, behavioral addictions, as well as spirituality issues. A Florida native, she holds multiple degrees, including a bachelor's in education and philosophy, a master's of arts in professional counseling and marriage and family therapy, and a PhD in psychology. Dr. Angel is also a Florida licensed mental health counselor. She has worked with youth and adolescents for 14 plus years and has worked extensively in women's mental health for the past six years. She has worked in agencies providing mental health services to family and youth at high risk. Dr. Angel is an accomplished psychotherapist who works with children, teens, adults, couples, and families. Dr. Angel has advanced training and experience in working with LGBTQ-specific individuals and issues. Dr. Angel can help you. Just call for an appointment at 727-501-6557 or online at drangelsdevelopment.com. Dr. Angel Falzoni, support for individuals, couples, and families. 727-501-6557. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. That's why I'm starting with me. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look 
great song, isn't it? It is a great song. It's a classic. Why'd you pick that song for tonight? Well, because it's all about personal responsibility and looking at ourselves and looking in the mirror. What can I do? Take a look at yourself and make a change, yes. right? And but we were just talking before the break that a lot of people that have exited a relationship, even a work mm-hmm. environment, or friendships, or a group they used to run around with, or a personal relationship, or just a good friendship, mm-hmm. have a very hard time accepting responsibility for anything that went wrong. That's why we're doing this show tonight, maybe next week also, because we've seen that so often. You've seen it in counseling, I've seen it as a pastor, that people have a hard, very hard time saying, you know what, I'm going to sit here until I can really process through how I contributed to this breakup. Right, or the ending of this relationship, and what do I what do I do differently, or how can I grow from this, or what can I learn from this, or you know whatever? Because every experience, you know, there's a quote: we don't learn from having experience; we learn from reflecting on our experiences. Okay, say that again because I think that's really right on. So we don't learn by just having an experience; we learn by reflecting on our experience. So taking that experience and saying, "Let me think on this. Let me get some help figuring this out." If I can't figure it out myself, I mean, how did I? How was I attracted? If this person is a terrible abuser, where did I miss the mark? Clear at the beginning right. to get involved with somebody like this. Clear back all, seven plus years ago when we started this show, our first series was on domestic violence. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. There was a football player at the time who had abused his wife very badly in an elevator. And that was the news the time at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And this is not an uncommon problem in this day and age, is it? No, it's not an uncommon problem. And that's where we need to take that time back. That's why personal responsibility is so vital to healthy, our healthy mental, our mental health and being healthy in our relationships and finding satisfaction in our life. We're not going to without it. Okay, so let's just take the scenario where a parent, the parents, generational, you and I kind of talked about this for about three minutes yesterday. The generations have changed, have mm-hmm. they not? Yes. And my great-grandparents probably did things a whole lot different than my parents did as far as raising their kids. I'm mm-hmm. sure of it, right? Sure. Uh, what has caused kind of that change, and what changes do you notice in practice? Of, you get all ages in your practice, mm-hmm. don't you? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, so what has caused that change? I think there's not a single factor that we can pinpoint on causing the change shift from generation to generation. I mean, we've, you know, automated more things in our lives. We've learned to do things in different ways. You know, we don't have to wash our claws on the scrub boards. Like, so that hard work is something we've kind of lost. Work ethic. And work is something that happened. We have to have to have personal responsibility, that ability to do the work. You think, well, yeah. So work. Okay, so let's work. That's let's, been a huge change over the last century. All right, let's talk about work. Because back two, three, four generations ago, they had to work just to you know, grow their food. Right. Or to take care of all these children they were having. You know, sure. there was a lot more kids usually born seven, nine, ten, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not uncommon for that. And so everybody had to be a part of the and process. And they had to contribute. They had to contribute. Right. They grew up knowing that, you know, you have to learn to scrub the floor. You have to learn to milk the cows. And we have to do things that aren't comfortable. And we have to do things we don't always want to do. But that's what we do. That's how we live our life. And I think life became more comfortable. Like, right, we got more automation. We got things to make do things for us and make our life so much easier in a lot of ways. But then we've lost that ability to like really put that effort and that work into something. So along with that, an attitude change that's happened in America, in my opinion, maybe in other countries too, I don't know, is that the whole idea of, oh, it was really tough growing up, man. You know, I started working in the fields at age four. You know, my ex-father-in-law was driving a tractor at four. Wow. 
Okay, I mean that is it's really ridiculous. I mean he wasn't actually doing the field work, but he learned to drive a tractor at four. Okay, and and you know these kids grew up a couple generations ago with a tremendous work ethic, mm-hmm. and he was one of the hardest workers I've ever known. My ex father in law he farmed all those years and. He would stay up late, whatever it took, to finish a job, to do whatever, stay in the field late, go out early morning. That was what he considered normal. Right. Right? And you just said something very profound, that work is the essence of personal responsibility. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean the kind of work where you're milking cows. Right. What did you mean by that? So the work of personal responsibilities, it takes effort to reflect on our experiences. It takes effort to look at ourselves and see critically and what, where am I, who am I, what's my strengths, what's my character, what can I do different, what can I do better? Like That takes work. It takes work. It takes, yeah, it takes a lot of effort. I'm writing that down because I think that is really pivotal in this discussion of personal responsibility because as the generations have gone on let's just say my family because my great-grandfather came from germany and great-grandmother came from ireland you know so they grew up mm-hmm. working the land whatever they come to america they in they find each other they start a bakery and all of those kids that they had seven eight kids they all grew up working in that bakery they did now, that does not mean that they didn't get in trouble or they weren't perfect people. I'm not saying that. But they all learned to work at a young age. Sure. Right? And then there seems to be a thing that happens in our culture that people, I want my kids to have it easier than, yes. I, than I did. Yes. We want to save them. So we, we what is to- that? You know, we want, we want our kids to not, not suffer. And not experience the hardship. Not experience hardship. I mean. Exactly. That kind of started shifting in. And so with not having our kids experience hardship has almost become to not. I mean, it's not letting our kids learn to experience life. Yeah. And take responsibility for things in their family or things in their household or even themselves. You know, there's a cartoon that I've seen plastered many times on social media where it would say a generation ago if a kid had a bad grades the parent would bring the report card and to the teacher and look at the kid and be like what why do you have these grades like what's you know what's wrong now it's the parent takes a report card and the kid and they go to blame the teacher why does my kid have these grades and what's that's wrong? exactly right yes So that generational shift has happened where we are protecting. I'm making notes of this because this is good. We're going to have to really go on with this next week because there's a lot to talk about here. Yeah, there is. As we start to, this is how we like to do shows anyway, right? We call these wing it specials, Bobby, because nothing's planned, no idea. There were two words that started this, this, this show today, personal responsibility. And so it goes from there. Best kind of show. It yeah. is. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to have our buddy Bobby back temporarily here. Glad to be back. Yeah. So, so parents, it seems like the generation before mine, let's say, uh, had such a thing of protecting their kids from anything tough. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, it's not everybody, obviously. Well, no, 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 we're not generalizing. And we're just talking about you know as a whole kind as a of whole. thing, like. There's a, that ethic where it was, I don't want my kids to have it as tough as I did. Sure. And maybe it's because there was still some bitterness left over milking the cows at 5 a.m. or whatever maybe, the case and may maybe. be. And, but at the bottom of the day, what we have lost is that ability to take our own responsibility for ourselves. Now right. now it's someone else's responsibility. If I'm happy, it, it's if I'm not, it's their fault. If I don't have the things I need, if I can't make the income I need, it's my boss's fault. If I can't, it's somebody else's fault. Almost when I see that in the counseling room day after day after day, no matter what it is, you know, oh, I have a drinking problem. Oh, it's my wife's fault. She's the one who makes me do it. I have, you know, this is the problem. Oh, it's my kid's fault because they just don't behave. Like it's somebody else's fault all the time. 
And that's why we're doing the show. Obviously, there's a need for this because I want to go back to your example and then we'll go to your others. But the one that you said about the kids and the grades in school, Mm -hmm. I was a teacher, high school teacher, and and I was privileged, I guess, (laughs) to teach long enough ago that parents still cared about if Johnny had not done his homework. And they were still at that point when I was teaching like what what is my kid doing i mean you know and they blamed the kid they were yeah, not they, coming in ever i don't remember any teachers conference in those years i taught where they came in to say you are really failing at your job teacher because my kid's failing right i don't remember that ever happening so that it just seems like that work ethic was still very strong at that point with personal responsibility for kids and mm-hmm. their their behavior and their studies and all that Sure, and, and so as as the you know life kind of started shifting, and I think more automation we have, you know, things getting easier, computers starting to shift in, calculator, you know, all those things making our lives a little bit easier. I think also started shifting in that well, it should be easy. We should be happy all the time. Like those thoughts started rolling into our culture. And first of all, we can't be happy all the time. It doesn't exist. You know, we're going to have good days we're gonna have days that aren't so good and we have to look at ourselves and take that responsibility for what it is we want in this world in this life exactly about six or seven years ago two of my grandsons one from my daughter one from one of my sons um were in the eighth grade both of them and it was the summer before their eighth grade and so i drove to indiana and picked both of them up and that was hilarious, believe me. When you spend a couple weeks with two eighth-grade boys, it's pretty funny. And um, we had great times, okay? Then, then during that time, we started having some talks, and I did it intentionally, about what are you going to do with your life? What do you want to do? What are your thoughts? What are your whatever? And over that next school year, I bribed them, frankly, for grades. Because at that point, both of them could care less, and had no ambition, so to speak. Well, I don't know. I don't know what I want to know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I began the bribery process, and I only did it for about a year and a half, and it did work on one of the grandsons. The other one, uh, when I would call and say, why'd you get a C in this class? Remember, we're trying to get A's and B's, right? Well, teacher doesn't like me. Teacher doesn't like me. So wait a minute. What about this other class? Teacher doesn't like me there either. And I don't like him or I don't like her. And it's not my fault. I can't learn from somebody that doesn't like me. Take that and run with that. Sure. And and that's where that shift is happening. Like that we walk in and have this excuse as to why we aren't meeting our goal or our standard or what we're trying to do for ourselves. So then I don't have to feel bad about not meeting the mark, right? Because it, it's, it's not, not my, my fault. fault. It's not my fault. We got stuck in this, it's mm-hmm. not my fault, and everything has to be fair kind of right. mentality and thinking. And that's not realistic, and it's not life, and there is no such thing as life being fair. Life is not fair. I used to tell my kids that all the time growing up, you know, when I'd hear, that's not fair. And I'm like, well, life isn't fair, and whoever told you it was lied to you, because it's not going to be <laughs> fair. Exactly. You know, and it's, you know, so it's where we stopped, you know, looking at that. And so when we don't take personal, you know, when we're in, we can blame the teachers as kids. Oh, it's, you know, they were a bad teacher. They can't manage their class or they don't like me. And then we don't, I don't have to change anything. Right. So then like I grow into that knowing that's how life is supposed to work. Exactly. And so because they don't like me, it's okay if I get a D. Sure. Because it's not my fault. They don't like me. Right. And then it becomes now, oh, my boss is bad, and yes, you know, my yes. wife or my husband is, you know, it's their fault it's their why fault. this is happening. Um, one of these grandsons, at one time when we were discussing intensely why I could not pay him the bribery money, and it was because there were not certain what the standard we had all agreed on. Mm-hmm. He had not met again that nine weeks again. And he said, well, I said, why do, why do you say the thing the teacher doesn't like you. Well, I'm the class clown. Oh, you are. You're the class clown. You're the funny guy. Yeah, I'm the funny guy. And so I don't think she likes me. I said, you've been interrupting her? Have you been making comments? 
as she's teaching? Do you say things to get a laugh in the room? Well, that's what a class clown does, Nana. Yep. See? And so he, my point here, and since this is a wing it, we haven't discussed this at all, (laughs) uh, but my point here is that he was actually unintentionally, because he's an eighth grader. Right. Ninth grader by then, I guess. Unintentionally sabotaging his own grade. Correct. Because... He did set up a situation because I've been a teacher, mm-hmm. high school teacher. I know what it feels like when you got a class clown that interrupts or says something all the time. Yes. Go ahead. So right, so you get more frustrated towards that person, and uh, you know, and 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 they're not able to learn if they're distracted. So right, so there's a lot going on. But no, they're because they're looking for the next. They're laugh. looking for a laugh, so they're not paying attention to the lesson. So right. they're missing what they need, and then they can't do the homework. So they don't do the homework, and we we start that vicious cycle. But yeah, yeah. And, and that's that blame shifting, and, and it keeps. And you know, we learn it from a child. Like how many times we all joke with our kids, you know, the who didn't do it lives in our house. Like I didn't do it always lives in everyone's house. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's our, you know, our way of not taking. We learn from we, little we learn that little, if yeah. we don't in little ways that if we don't take responsibility, then we won't get in trouble for that or we won't have the negative thing for that. Or we won't have negative feelings for that because this failure is not mine. It's that person. It's that person. Okay, and how about the parents or grandparents who say, that poor child got a rough deal in life. They got a parent who is missing in action and never around. Or they got a parent that's a drug addict. Or they have a parent that drinks all the time. So, you know what, we're just going to make excuses for that child from now on. Grandparents so often Mm -hmm. end up raising a lot of these kids that are the kids of addicts and alcoholics, etc. And, you know, and so because they feel bad for the kid having to go through that, they make excuses for it. Right. That we want to make their life wonderful all the time and never say no and never and give lots of excuses and we're hurting them yeah it's tragic that they have a parent missing in action or they don't live with their parent or they had a a drug you know an addict for a parent and we need to get them mental health help and counseling so they can process that loss in their life right but they still need to be taught their personal responsibility because if they're not, they're not going to grow up knowing that my actions have a consequence, positive and negative, and I need to be careful at what actions I'm making in my life. Exactly. they impact my life. But when they grow up feeling that they're the victim, mm-hmm. and they're 25 years old now and still living in mom's basement... Or grandma is giving him money every week to go do whatever he wants to do because he just can't find the job that is what he wants. Yeah. And and they when we don't learn those principles, it's really hard to learn them as an adult. You know, it, it really is. It is. And and both my grandsons that I'm talking about have become very successful in their in their field that they chose eventually that they chose and so i'm very proud of both of them uh and 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 that took a lot of work though on their parents part and on my input as a grandmother you know here and there but basically the parents had to really step up and begin to nurture and train those kids in in the way where they were encouraged to be responsible and they and the parents did in sure. my, in my yeah, situation, no, they did. Amazing men. You know my grandkids. You know both of the yes. ones I'm talking about. But so often, parents do not take any part in the training of these kids so that they learn personal responsibility. Right. And, and we just don't have, you know, it's funny because I was just traveling last week and we had a really long layover and Houston and we couldn't get out because of storms. And so it was a very long layover. And there's this little this parent and you know, family with this little kid that was probably about two years old and like the kid was like screaming and throwing and then they start letting the kid run around the airport console and then crushing chips all over the floor like they left this horrendous mess and then they boarded the plane and then the kid's screaming on the plane and they just well that's how my kid's doing it you just need to deal with it like we're not learning wow. to pick up after ourselves. we just left 
horrible mess. I mean, this little kid was banging on people all through the airport. Like, we weren't thinking about how's that impacting other people. We wanted that the kids should just be able to do what they want because they're a kid. Right. And that's that, not... And that's just... That's that lack of responsibility. Uh, because we don't want the kid to be upset. But the thing is, we're teaching them that it's okay to act however you want, and there's no consequences. Right. And so that consequences are a really important part of personal responsibility, that understanding that cause and effect. We need to understand that, first of all, with we all want freedom, right? We all... You know, first thing kids say when they hit teenagers, oh, I have four more years till I'm an adult. Like they do the countdown, like they, that magic 18, I'm an adult. They see it as the big freedom word, right? But with freedom comes responsibility. That's Here's the so problem. true. Our culture is given freedom without responsibility. Because we feel bad that we are training these kids. And I go back to a principle in the Bible, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I believe that very much so. And I also believe that there's times for punishment. There's time for consequences. Well, life has consequences. Yes. You know, we have consequences. If we make poor choices, we have consequences to those choices. We make good ones, we get good consequences. Like, that's just life. It's just a, a principle of how life works right we are trying to circumnavigate that when we are blame shifting and not taking responsibility and i don't care how young a child is they need to learn the word no absolutely it's the most basic word we all need to learn the word no and a lot of adults don't (laughs) but adults don't want to hear no right we never want to hear no and it's not comfortable to hear no but and that leads to like delayed gratification like we need to be able to delay what we are getting like that's part of life we need to work for it work for it save for it you know those are really important things when we're looking at individuals who shift blame and shift responsibility in their life they're also people who struggle you know they may struggle financially they may struggle in their relationships because they aren't Mm -hmm. making any growth for themselves Mm -hmm. they stay stagnant as a person yep yeah and and because of that we've got a whole lot of people in this generation, what do you call them, the millennials or whatever, that seem to be stagnant in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's been a lot of stagnation in, in that generation. And, and I think a, a really important key to that is that they haven't been taught or modeled about personal responsibility for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they've been protected. They've been coddled. Sure. They've been treated like... Oh, you poor thing. No, you don't have to get a job at 16. Of course not. We can just let you live here indefinitely, right? Sure. You know, and they haven't learned how my choices impact my life. And so they want to make whatever choices they want, but they don't want to have the negative consequences they'll take the positive ones all day long but they don't want the negative consequences of those choices so then they feel like they're a victim to whatever is blocking that situation for them that gave them a negative consequence and it's that thing's fault fill in the blank um and so you know i i had um someone i was talking to they were getting evicted and they're like my landlord i can't believe they're evicting me they're such a slumlord they're evicting me well did you pay your rent well no i couldn't pay my rent because i was sick and i missed two weeks of work and well we have to pay our rent or work at a deal with our landlord like that's why we get to stay in the house right we don't live for free well they should just let me stay they have enough money they own houses oh oh i have heard that oh. <laughs> I know you've heard this one. I- oh, I've heard that in yes through the years, and it's that entitlement. Oh, we got to do that. We got to start with that next week. Yeah, we're not done with this tonight. No, we're not, are we? No. That entitlement that says, yeah, they they have money, so they should let me just skate by. Right. They should give it to me or get, let me have something for free or right. And that attitude keeps people from taking personal responsibility. It sure does. It sure does. Wow, I can't believe it. Oh, it's gone by very quickly. Yes, it Okay, is. Dr. Angel, you got about two minutes to sum up what you'd like to say. Sure. You know, in our life, if we want to grow, if we want to experience happiness, contentment, healthy relationships, we have to learn 
the principle of personal responsibility and we have, we have to. to practice it and it's not comfortable and it's not always easy and it it sometimes it makes we see things about ourselves we don't want to see but it gives us an opportunity to change those things we don't like it gives us an opportunity to not keep falling in the same painful relationships or pits or holes in our life and helps us really move forward. It does. It really does. Uh, we'd love to have your thoughts, maybe even a scenario that you would like to throw at us. Uh, we have an email address, goyard2014 at gmail.com. Or you could always uh, put a question right here on our Facebook, live Facebook that we've had open here during the show. You can always put a question there. Or you can call in next week and say, hey, I've been thinking about your show last week. I'd like to ask you about this this particular scenario. Because we love it when people do that, don't sure we? Sure do. Yeah. So uh, p- feel free to get involved. We'd love to hear your input and your questions so that we can address them, you know? Yes. So we need to go on with this. Yes, absolutely. Responsibility. Taking responsibility, we're going to call this little mini-series. It probably won't be like last week, COVID calamity. Bobby went on for about six months or so, you know, <laughs> a series. New things happened every week. Yeah, that's so true. That's we true. just kept going with it, the COVID calamity, part 165. And so <laughs> anyway, so this won't be that long, but we do want your input. So let us know how we can help you. And also, don't forget that Dr. Angel has a thriving practice right here in Clearwater. Uh, now with a second counselor involved and a very, very busy schedule, you can call her at 727-501-6557. Leave a message for an appointment or go to DrAngelsDevelopment.com. And you can schedule an appointment right there online. Yes, you can. Anything else you'd like to say about your practice, Dr. Nope, Angel? that's it. I think we've said it all. You think we did? Yeah. All right. So we're glad you've joined us tonight. And uh, so whatever's going on in your life, let... Uh, You know, don't give up. Hang in there and learn what you can so that you can work through the situations and problems. And we'd love to hear from you. So let's do that. And we will see you next week, I'm sure. Yes, we will. This has been Dr. Angel. Wait, she just jumped the gun there. I Because sure I never can remember, Bobby, who it is sitting right here. So He's I like, we're done. Like, we're done. <laughs> and Mama Mac, and this has been... Go Yard. Go Yard. Good All right, night. see you next week. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.